It's the Talking Games Podcast. Welcome back. This is episode 95 of the Talking Games Podcast. Me, your host, The Major. It is, well, it's Friday at the moment, 24th of February. Uh, We are running a little bit behind the time, which is why we are posting this on Saturday again. uh, I am going to try and get back on Friday from next week. I do promise you. Uh, thank you everyone for joining us. We're here to talk about these games. Thank you to Bam Bam. How you doing, buddy? Hey man, you know, we back. It's another week. Uh and yes, we are ready to come back, talk about these games. Cool. Hey man, one of my most anticipated games just dropped, and I cannot wait to get into it. I've been wanting to play that as well. I have reached out to Square to try and get a copy. I'm I'm still waiting for them to say something. Square never answers emails, ever. They send us a load of stuff, and then when it comes time for us to reply to it, they don't answer. That's crazy. Pain. But thank you all for joining us. Don't forget to check out the website gamesinquirer.com. You can find us on all the socials, uh, forward slash gamesinquirer. Uh, I have got another two episodes of our Hogwarts Legacy dropping this afternoon. Uh, I know Callum's got Like a Dragon Ishin, first hour of that, uh, and the third hour of, or the third 40 minutes of Atomic Heart will be dropping for PS5. I'm going to be talking about Atomic Heart actually in just a little bit. We have had some breaking news, Bam. I know you're on, I know you're on the road at the moment. Don't be breaking the law. But we have <laughs> had some breaking news just now. Uh, Nintendo has confirmed they will not be coming to E3. Uh, they are I the mean, third platform to announce. Microsoft and Sony have already confirmed they will not be there. Nintendo has now completely confirmed they will not be coming because the summer event doesn't fit their plans. But is that breaking news, though? Because Nintendo hasn't been to E3 since since Breath of the Wild. Because they've, well, like, they've been doing their own little Nintendo Direct show for years. That, that is true, but the reason that people were so confused by this and a little bit shocked is the fact E3 this year hasn't really got anything going on. The only big publisher that's really confirmed they're going to be there is Ubisoft. Now Nintendo has backed out, there really isn't anything else going on. You haven't got any of the big publishers, and the fact that Nintendo is now pulling out of E3 could mean that E3 of this year, again, is not going ahead. They haven't got enough people to fill. When you, you look yeah. at it three days, there's not really anybody going by the looks of it. Yeah, I mean, it'll definitely be be crazy, but I mean, as long as Sony and Xbox and Nintendo continue doing their own thing around that same time, I, I don't think people will, will miss a beat, because they've been skipping E3, I know for a fact, Sony and Nintendo, they've skipped E3 for the past couple times, but like I said, as long as they, they have their own showcases, like, you know, like the Xbox thing, the, the Sony thing, as long as those things still come around, that, you know, around June or around that same time, I think people will be fine. But, I mean, you do also have some of the summer events. Xbox has got theirs. They're hosting in LA as well. Obviously, not going to be at the convention centre. Uh, you've also got Summer Games Fest, London Games Fest. Uh, I don't know. I can't remember if there's a, a PAX or something around that time as well. There's too much for E3 to compete against. Question is, is E3 dead? Because this is now the, the third or fourth year that they've either had to cancel or they haven't got enough people to fill slots and the show's looking pretty bare. At the moment, I think so. the way things are going, it's I, yeah. E3 for me is just a dead event. I don't know why yeah. they just don't give up. It's nothing happening. They're, there's nothing to be excited about. Yes, Ubisoft's going to be there. They're going to be announcing their new Avatar game. Apparently, there's going to be some stuff about Tom Clancy, this new Assassin's Creed info. But is that all that's going to be there? Because they're there for three days. This show runs three days, around six to eight hours per day. There is not enough there to keep people enjoyed. If Ubisoft mm-hmm. is the only big publisher going, if this deal goes through with Activision and Xbox as well, though, and Activision does become part of Microsoft's branding, 
then Activision will also not be there because if Xbox is not going to be, then neither is Activision. So there's not really enough for three for E3 to keep going, and I think this I think this event is dead, pretty much. I don't really see any other way back for them. Uh, There was also some more breaking news last Thursday night uh, was State of Play. We are going to touch on State of Play in just a bit, but Baldur's Gate three was one of the biggest announcements. And a lot of people are extremely angry because it's apparently a timed exclusive on PS5. Uh, And they've said the reason that this is happening is because there is an announcement delay because of technical issues. It's the reason they're not dropping it on Xbox consoles. Uh, Which is a big deal for Xbox fans because they're extremely unhappy with the fact that Baldur's Gate is going to be on PC GeForce Now and PS5, but the Xbox version is still in development. It's been in, it's going to be in development for quite a while apparently because they are unable to get the ship the version to launch uh, because co-op split screen isn't working. Yeah, but there's no exclusivity deal. They did release a statement through IGN this morning. Uh, this has only been up about an hour. It says following yesterday's PS5 and release date announcement. We're here to clarify that we are planning to release Baldur's Gate 3 on PC, Mac, GeForce Now, and PS5. We have no exclusivity for these platforms. For which platforms we can bring the game to or when, we will announce support for additional platforms if and when we're ready. We're seeing a lot of interpretation of what that means, so we want to clarify. We've had an Xbox version of Baldur's Gate 3 in development for some time. We've run into some technical issues in developing the Xbox port. That stops us feeling 100% confident in announcing it until we're certain we found the right solutions. Specifically, we've been unable to get split-screen co-op to work to the same standard across both Xbox Series X and S, which is a requirement from Microsoft for us to ship to those consoles. There is no platform exclusivity preventing us from doing this. Should there be a technical possibility, if and when we do announce further platforms, we'll make sure each version lives up to our standards and expectations uh, this trailer for State of Play. I'm going to talk about State of Play in just a bit. But are which of these are you excited for Baldur's Gate three? No, I'm not. That, that's, when I seen that gameplay, I'm like, that's just one of those PC point and point and click games. I know they made like Divinity, they made uh, Pillars or whatever it's called, Pillars of Eternity. I know that they made games that are, that have been received critically well, but it's like I don't care if a game gets a 99 or 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 like a 100 out of 100 on Metacritic. If it's not for me, it's not for me. And that Baldur's Gate three, any of those PC games where you where like where like you move a character and you point and click to something, like that gameplay. I think it, it used to be. I think this game is apparently the way they've envisioned this third one is more open world RPG. More it looks like it, but even if you look at that gameplay major, like whenever they get into the combat aspect of it. Yeah, it's like you get there and you it's like you point and then you click or whatever you want to do and I just don't like them types of games. If the gameplay isn't like open based, I'm, I'm hoping that it's more strategic based. One, right. yes, if they're going that route, I don't want to see a, a PC port on console that does not have the ability for you to act like it's it's pointless. You might as well have a mouse rather than a controller. Those games don't really interest me. Uh, one game that did interest me, though, and thankfully has done extremely well, was Hogwarts Legacy. Uh, it's now oh, yeah. one of the best performing games in history. 
Uh, they've sold $850 million worth of units, 12 million in the first two weeks. Yes, this isn't Call of Duty. The last Call of Duty sold $600 million worth in three days. So they're not competing on that aspect. But for Warner Brothers, this is a massive deal because this is the first time I think they've ever been able to achieve this in one of their own titles. This marks the biggest ever launch of Warner Brothers. Uh, the Harry Potter action role-playing game is setting Twitch records as well with a 1.28 million peak concurrent viewers, which is, which is very, very happy about, obviously. Uh, Hogwarts Legacy has opened with stunning player engagement. They've topped 267 million hours since February 10th. 267 million hours people have been playing this game for. Uh, Warner Brothers Games revealed the game had broken company records with 280 million hours played to date. Uh, Warner Brothers Discovery said additionally there's been an increase of fan engagement uh, with the Wizarding World Digital garnering 300% higher traffic over the normal monthly unique visitors for the first 10 days of February. Uh, Hogwarts Legacy sale figures were released by Warner Brothers during the quarter four earnings call, David Saslav touted the impressive returns and noted the media giants continued focus on Hogwarts, on Harry Potter, uh, among its other popular IP. Uh, we do know they are making a, uh, a movie. There will be a new movie based on the latest Harry Potter book, Cursed Child. Uh, that's going to be releasing next year. We've also learned today that they're releasing a new, Hog uh, new Hogwarts Legacy TV adaptation on HBO. I don't know how to feel about that personally. I'm excited and, and uh, a little bit disappointed as a TV series, but your thoughts? Man, as long as they got a movie coming, because like it sounds like they're trying to do like you know like what what Marvel is doing with you know with all the characters and with mm. all the properties that they own. So as long as they got the movies coming, I'm not really a big fan of hearing about TV shows either. But as long as it's on HBO, Showtime, or even um, you know on like one of like the bigger ones like Amazon. I yeah. think that they can do it justice. I just, I, I just don't want to see a Netflix or a Hulu TV show because no, the, it's I, like well, the production Netflix of shows. especially Netflix yeah. especially because their shows are terrible. <laughs> yeah, and it's like it's, it's just like the production from Netflix and Hulu, they just aren't the best. And whenever you think about Harry Potter, like we all remember growing up seeing those movies, and again, like technology wasn't at the best, but I feel like they put a lot of effort into making you feel like or be like immersed into that whole world, which is why everybody loves Harry Potter as much as they love it. I just want to see them recapture that, you know, that in the movies and hopefully transfer some of that over into those TV shows. Yeah. I mean, the, uh, speaking of Netflix, this is just a quick detour, but Netflix is terrible for making original content. One of the worst platforms for original content. Things like Game of, uh, not Game of Thrones, what's it called? Stranger Things. That wasn't technically Netflix. That was a script that was already made and then sold to Netflix and they made it. When they've produced their own content, it's never gone well. And they usually kill the series off way before it's meant to. Uh, the latest mm -hmm. one, have you seen Have you seen this yet? We have a ghost. No, I have not seen it. I have watched this today. This movie is the most boring pile of crap I've ever seen, which is shocking because the cast is phenomenal. Uh, one of the guys is uh, David Harbour who's in Stranger Things, speaking of which. Uh, Jennifer Coolidge from American Pie, Stifler's mum. Tick uh, hmm. Notaro and Anthony Mackie are all in this film. This show is the most boring pile of crap I've ever seen. <laughs> it's, and it's just it's terrible, just, huh? It's, it's paramount to how bad Netflix is at writing because essentially 
uh, if you haven't seen this film yet, it's about a family who move into a haunted house where David Harbour plays a ghost called Ernest who can't speak. The fact you've got David Harbour with no dialogue is dumb as hell because all he does is pull facial expressions. What was the point of getting this actor who's a great <laughs> dramatic actor who has no lines of dialogue? Doesn't make That's sense to me. You then got Anthony Mackie who's just playing Anthony Mackie. Right. You've got two kids who are stereotypically the same two kids you see in every ghost film. The older one bullies the younger one. It's always the same in every single ghost film. And you've got a mother who's just terrified all the time. But Harbour has no dialogue. So I don't know why he's even there. And it's basically, they, they automatically are accepting that he's there. They see, they've got it on film. But the dad is so... He's not scared. He's like the show, like Ed Harvard's basically playing the ghost who's trying to scare them and it just comes off stupid, rather immature. But then they're taking <laughs> videos of him and becoming famous for having a ghost in their house. And it's just like, oh. Like, if you're going to do comedy, at least make it funny. This movie's not funny. It's right. not scary. It's not, it's, it's just, yeah. I don't understand the whole point of it, to be honest. Netflix has never been great at making shows their own. They can't write a movie to save their life. Going back to what I was talking about, Warner has been very pleased with Hogwarts Legacy's launch and spectacular player announcement. Uh, 267 hours have been played. It enjoyed the biggest European launch outside of FIFA and Call of Duty uh, since 2018's Red Dead 2. So I should tell you how successful it is. Uh, I still think this game is going to get Game of the Year. Yes, yeah. it's not got the, the highest number of, uh, of review scores. There's still, you know, eights and sevens and eights. Nobody's rating it compared to Elden Ring as, as a five out of five. No one's even calling it that. But unless Starfield completely blows everyone out of the water, this is a lock-in for Game of the Year. Yeah, There's a few crazy people on uh, Twitter who have been trying to compare this to Elden Ring. Like, you know, like they've been saying, oh, this game is way better than Elden Ring. I definitely what? think that this game, bro, there's there's a whole subsection group of people who don't like Soulsborne games. So they're just going out of their way to say that this game is better. You know, and, and again, Hogwarts Legacy is, is really good, but what has, what like, as dry as a year that it is, like, yes, yeah, Sony has Spider-Man 2 coming, and Xbox has Starfield coming, and, and uh, Tears of the Kingdom is coming. But, A, with Tears of the Kingdom, I don't think people are going to, I don't think that's going to catch as good as Breath of the Wild did just because we're going back into the same Hyrule with the same enemies. So I don't think that that's going to hit as hard. And Starfield, I mean, like that might be the only game that might be able to compete with this. And that's just because people on PC or PC players in general, and yes, Xbox players, but more, more so PC people like the PC community keeps Bethesda games alive, you know, through like mods and stuff like that. And and, and there will be mods on Starfield. And the fact that exactly. you can build your own starship from the ground up is something that people have wanted in this sort of genre game for decades i remember mm-hmm. being on the atari and playing you know spaceship shooter and always wanting to be able to just build my own ship because i didn't like the look of it there's yeah. been something that's been out for a long time and the fact that they're actually doing it now they're, they're finally realizing people's dreams so to speak is yeah. it's, it's gonna win it's gonna win it some awards it's a guaranteed winner of something oh, yeah. But I do as agree far as... though. I do think Hogwarts Legacy is, is, is probably going to take it out, man. Because like I said, Spider-Man 2, Spider-Man 1 didn't even win in 2018. And yeah, that game was good, but it wasn't It wasn't like a super, super huge, amazing. Like it didn't change 
anything dealing with Spider-Man. It was just, it was just a, you know, it was just an actual good Spider-Man game. I don't think Spider-Man 2 is, is even going to be part of that discussion, if I'm being honest. I mean, we do know Hogwarts Legacy is getting a TV adaptation. It's going to be based on the game as well. So centered around the same time period. Uh, the, the series is still in early development. We don't know when it's actually going to be coming out, but uh, they are looking apparently at a 2024 release. Uh, it's going to be before the Harry Potter novels and the Fantastic Beasts spin-off. So, I can't wait for that. Yeah. Uh, we do know there's going to be another final Harry Potter movie, uh, which does not include the original cast for the most part. Uh, Daniel Radcliffe will be in this new movie. He will be playing his dad or himself. Mm. He will be a dad uh, with his son, Albus, who's now, uh, now at Hogwarts. Unfortunately, a lot of this stuff is not coming out till next year. 2023 to me looks pretty dry for for adaptation Um, but hogwarts legacy isn't the only one this week mortal kombat was also seemingly announced mortal kombat 12 so that being said i don't know because there's been calls people were saying that daniel sassler accidentally (laughs) announced this during the earnings call this past week we do know lord of the rings as well facts is actually getting a tv uh not tv a movie a new one uh, and apparently they mentioned The Hobbit as well with Peter Jackson to return. But I don't know whether this was intentional, the fact that they re- announced Mortal Kombat 12, because he seemed to say it in passing, and there's people su- suspecting that this wasn't meant, or this wasn't... <laughs> Boom's going to be hunting David Saslav down for, for bringing this out. Uh, but speaking during the call, he said he mentioned the previously unannounced sequel by name and claimed it were released this year. Uh, alongside Suicide Squad, Kill the Justice League, which was announced during PlayStation State of Play, or well, not announced, but there was uh, more gameplay showing. I I saw I watched State of Play, and to be honest, I think that was one of the worst State of Plays I've ever seen. Oh yeah, it was pretty bad. It was crap. <laughs> it was. They, it was, they spent like, garbage. <laughs> they told everybody before the State of Play that they were going to announce the show like seven or eight games. So everybody was like, "Oh man, these should be seven to eight games that we haven't seen before." But besides VR like games, everything we saw was stuff that we already knew about, and it's like yeah, I really Street Fighter. Forty-five no, minutes. The, I mean, the Street Fighter stuff. I mean, twenty twenty-three is going to be a big year for fighting games. Now we've got Mortal Kombat twelve, Street Fighter, Tekken. I think Tekken is is is, is dropping twenty twenty-four. Is it dropping twenty twenty-four? Yeah, I thought yeah, it was twenty twenty-four. Mm. No, that's coming out twenty twenty-four. Okay, so yeah, I mean, this year and next year is going to be a big year for fighting games, but. I still think that that Street Fighter reveal, they 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 are well, the whole thing was them just announcing three new characters. They did not need to do that during right. a state of play. They could have sent out a press release and that would have done just as much. <laughs> uh, facts. Uh, where, where else is it they announced? They released some stuff for Destiny 2. I know we keep getting emails. I've had repeated emails from Bungie today saying, please talk about it. But the thing is, it's it's a non-issue. It's just a trailer. I haven't got anything else to add to it. Everyone's already seen it. It's pointless. There isn't really any. There wasn't anything announced. The PSVR games. I mean, yeah, they had some cool-looking indie VR games, but for the most part, it was Resident Evil Four remake on VR, and a few other stuff we already knew about. There was nothing going on. They released, and then the whole thing. Like the only announcement they made was that they were going to be announcing more stuff on on Suicide Squad. Which, to be honest, looks shit. Oh, you don't <laughs> like what they show? I don't like it, mate. I think it looks like like, like sixth gen freaking graphics, repeated from like they've ripped off Gotham Knights and Marvel Avengers. It's just it looks boring as hell. This this co op 
flipping DC spin-offs need to stop. Yes, and 2K tried. Square Enix tried in Marvel. But to be honest, these, these sort of four-player, like, and I guarantee you this will be live service. They're saying it's not. It's definitely, it's definitely live service. Yeah, they said it was live service in the aspect that they have a battle pass to when they only have cosmetics. That was my main thing. It was like, as long as they didn't announce that they was going to be keeping the main story behind expansions like how Bungie does with Destiny, that was the main thing that I was worried about. But for me, it's like, I feel like we need more of these co-op games, you know, because there's not a lot of co-op games out at all. Like, like when you think about co-op games, most of the time people just play multiplayer games. Like Battlefield. I, I, don't, I don't like them, mate. And I don't like them for the simple fact that I don't have four players, people to play with for starters. And secondly, because this just keeps coming out and they never, ever live up to the expectation. I mean, I'd understand, for example, if they did co-op finishing moves and you could work together legitimately, but it's really just a button masher. If you look at, like, the uh, Gotham Knights, you couldn't really do anything together. Like, you basically just go off in separate directions. They never, Mm -hmm. ever, they never, it's, it's, none of these games are living up to expectation as far as co-op goes. And even the game itself is, is a boring old slog, but... But the one saving grace is the one saving grace for this game in particular is that it's being made by Rocksteady. Rocksteady yeah. gave Rocksteady gave us the best Assassin's Creed clone game that has ever been made. It's better than Shadow because because the Batman uh, Arkham Asylum game, Batman Arkham Knight, or Batman Arkham City, those games are, are leagues better than Shadow of Mordor. They're better than Spider Man, which again, all all these games that I'm naming just took the formula that early Assassin's Creed games had. And then they just put on their own character, then they put their own little spin on it. But Rocksteady hasn't missed at all. So, like, unless this game comes out of bombs, it's like, I got faith in Rocksteady just because Rocksteady... I do. I mean, you do also have to remember that their two founders, two CEOs have left. I mean, yeah, like, they left, but as long as 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 there's still people who used to work underneath those people, like, let's say they Mm. had developers that were part of the team who may or may may not have been in, like, uh, like, a high spot. If those people are still there, I'm pretty sure that those people can, you know, can can help can help that team come together and actually make a decent game. As long as some people are there who worked on some of those games, I got, you know, because you could say the same thing about Rockstar Games, but I guarantee you, when Grand Theft Auto Six comes out, that that's going to be a banger. Even yeah, though that be the biggest selling game of the year when that drops eventually. And there are rumors, and I'm hearing uh, insider talk that there's going to be a big announcement at uh, the Game Awards in November for GTA Six. There's going to be some sort of, of announcement trailer because they haven't released an announcement trailer yet. There is apparently yeah. going to be a big announcement trailer for that when it drops. The one thing I would like to see, if they're going to do this Suicide Squad four-player co-op spin-offs continuously, I'd actually like to see them actually make those characters different because it was a common theme when I reviewed Gotham Knights after playing that game. I was not impressed with the way the combat run uh, right. And I didn't, and all the characters felt exactly the same, apart from the way they landed and, and moved about and traversing took forever. It was all yeah. locked until the end of the game. Like Batgirl couldn't fly until the third half or the third third act of that yeah. game. I'd like to see them characters because you've got King, uh, is it King King Shark or Killer Shark? I think it's King Shark. Yeah, I'd, I'd like to have some water features, some water areas where he's the per- he's the only one that is able to use that. So then you have different aspects and every every player has, every character has their own strength. 
So whoever mm. you pick, you're you're the only one who's able to do that. If you've then got Harley Quinn doing the same thing as King Shark is doing, that makes the whole thing pointless. It's no longer co-op. You can just pick and choose yeah. whoever you want. They need to have their strengths and they need to have their weaknesses. And that is how you build upon co-op because you're co- cooperating together. If anybody can do anything, it's not so necessarily co-op. You might as well just play on your own, which yeah. was a common theme with Gotham Knights because even though they all were relatively quick, none of them really had a strength. If they do the same, if Rocksteady do the same thing as 2K did, I will not be interested in this game, and I do think it will flop. I agree with you on that on that aspect. I do agree that they got to that they got to do something to to differentiate those to um you know all those characters because just like you said, Gotham Knights did start to feel samey around like you know as soon as you start playing the game for a while. But I mean, again, man, hopefully, hopefully Rocksteady know what they're doing, man, because I, I want this game to succeed, man. Yeah, I, really I think Warner Brothers is on the up. I really do. They're riding high with Hogwarts Legacy. They've had massive success there. They're working on the Lord of the Rings film. They're going to be publishing that. You've obviously now got the announcement on Mortal Kombat 12. Uh, and, of, of course, the big announcements for Suicide Squad. So if if they continue this momentum they've built from Hogwarts Legacy and, re- and bring this into their future titles that are still to come out this year... I think this will be the year that Warner Brothers starts turning it around because up until now, they've been almost flat broke near death for several years, but 2023 looked like the end of them. Yeah. And the way they've now turned this around, this is it's it's looking very promising for them. They could win Publisher of the Year. They could they obviously have Discovery are looking to make cuts in places. It's, it's, it's been rumours that NetherRealm may be on the chopping block if Mortal Kombat 12 does not pay off. Yeah. There was rumors last year. I don't know if, if you remember now, but there was rumors last year of people saying that they want to get rid of a couple of their studios. Like they was in the talks of selling some studios, mm. but nothing ever came. Ne- ne- Nether Realm is one of the main ones up on the block. You know I, what's crazy? Imagine a world, man. Like that's why I was telling people. Like everybody's getting all up in arms about this Activision Blizzard deal, and it's like if that deal doesn't go through, that's seventy billion dollars that Xbox has. Imagine the world to win Mortal Kombat, Injustice. Or if they bring back Mortal Kombat versus DC, or if they bring back Shaolin Monks, because people forget NetherRealm makes more games than just Mortal Kombat. I just named you off like three or four games yeah. just now. I I, and, I miss Shadow, Shaolin Monk. I really do. You see what I'm saying? So and and yeah. and it's like imagine the world to when those games come and they're only on Xbox through Xbox Gap. I think I think that would be a, a pretty good get. If I'm being honest. Yeah. Well, let's let's be honest, though. NetherRealm, I think the reason that they're so focused on Mortal Kombat, and that is more to do with Warner Brothers. Because Mortal Kombat in itself is a very big IP compared to Injustice. They don't really have any first-party IPs apart from Harry Potter. For example, with Multiverses, they were trying to be like super smash brothers but nothing ever looked it it just felt like a, a super smash brothers clone and they threw so much at it that it nothing really got people's attention which is why multiverse is is dying the player count oh, is yeah. terrible right now mortal combat is a similar sort of genre to multiverses where they'll just throw everything at it and chuck it out it's always the same mortal combat has been exactly the same game for the last six years every time it was the last six releases it's always felt the same, just with new people, mm-hmm. and I th- it doesn't interest me. So if NetherRealm, if they want to keep NetherRealm, or NetherRealm want to stay under Warner Brothers and don't want to get on the chopping block and, and be broken up into pieces, the only thing they're gonna be able to do is really release a game that's different. 
if this Mortal Kombat 12 does not sell, Netherrealm is done. I and think, I, I, mean, I understand why they're I doing it. It's, it's marketing, it's, it's merchandise, but... I can't see, like, I would agree with you if this wasn't, if this wasn't more like, see, like, this is a different, this isn't like, uh, you know, like, they're making a game within the open real, in, like, the open world genre. Netherrealm makes, makes, makes fighting games. And even though if, if me and you don't like those games, or like, let's say, me and you... I, I love those games. games, don't get me wrong, but the thing is I would like to see with Mortal Kombat, they've tried this before, where they've done open world games, and those games flopped, because it's not suited for, for, a, for an open world, technically. What I would like to see them do is, one, have a story behind it, because mm-hmm. it's always, uh, there's a big war, and one side is trying to invade the other. It's, it's very samey and very generic and very boring. What I would right. like to see is the whole point of Mortal Kombat is that it's an annual tournament to the death. Mm-hmm. So make that stick. If you have a story yeah. about it, for example, uh, Johnny Cage is thinking about retiring, but he's never won a, he's never won a, a Mortal Kombat tournament. And he's, he's last time he almost died and he was very close to death. They have a story What's... with those games. I don't know like if, if you played Mortal Kombat 10 or... 11 story but they they have a story and and like they tried to do something different with mortal kombat deception back on ps2 to when that yeah. game had a story to when you play with with um shinjiku from like all the way from from like young all the way until, until until he's old and you run through each realm and it was a pretty good story but that game like that didn't really do well but i feel like people no, i mean that way, I, I would like to see them think the more about the way they put these stories out because didn't Johnny Cage originally die? Yeah, he, he died. And they walked yeah. back, didn't they? Well, they, you know how to like they got like different different types of timelines and stuff within that within that game, so they can always bring back characters however they want. Yeah, it doesn't really make sense to me though. Yeah, it, it's, <laughs> that's what I'm it's, saying. Like, like, like what's the, what's the point of having a tournament to the death and you can just get reincarnated? It's not. Yeah. It doesn't mean anything. Like, they need continuity between all of these games because they just keep churning out the same crap. It's always the same. That, I mean, it's not crap, but it's the same game. Yeah, but if they do that, though, maybe, you know, that's when they run into that problem, which is what they ran in with Mortal Kombat 11. Like, there was a whole fiasco that happened to when people wanted certain characters to come back, right? But yeah. Ed Boon and NetherRim Studios had kept saying, well, we can't bring those characters back because those characters died. You see what I'm saying? So, and, like, you see the same problem right now with, like, Street Fighter. Like, yeah, like, they showed a bunch of new characters, but people are asking for some of their characters to come back. People like Vega. People like, um, what the hell is her name? It's a chick who has, like, red boxing gloves. I can't think of a name. Oh, but, so, not, it's not, it's kind of like Sonya. It's not with an S or something like yeah, that. But yeah. anyways, they're running in, into these issues to win the FGC, which is the people, it's just like the modern community for, like, Bethesda games. Yeah, you're going to have a subsection of people who not part of that community go out and support your game, but the people who who make your game live is it, the modern community, and then it's the FGC, which is the fighting game community. If yeah. you don't make those people happy, your game is going to flop anyways. But but that's what they've been running into lately, you know, and it's, it's just people are starting to get tired of that of that same excuse, like, oh, well, we can't bring that character back because those characters are dead. Yeah, that, that's, like, that's the thing with lacking continuity, though, because they've done it before, but they won't do it this time. Right. Johnny Cage, we know Johnny Cage is going to be in Mortal Kombat 12 because he did accidentally, I wouldn't say leak, but he tweeted that he was at the Mortal Kombat studio to do filming. Mm-hmm. So we know he's in this game. He he stupidly let the cat out of the bag months ago, but we know he's in the game. So the right. fact he's there confirms he's going to be brought back. He's died four times. 
as far as I can count. I know he died in the first one. He died in the movies. He's died in the game several times. I know there's, I think there's a, there's a comic book, isn't there? A comic book adaptation. Yeah, they got comic books, yeah. Yeah, he's died in that a couple of times. So he's died repeatedly, but they keep bringing him back. So they can't then say, oh, he's allowed to live. But all these people you want, no, they're dead. It doesn't work that way. You have to have continuity. If they're going to tell a story, at least keep it consistent. Don't have, you know, one different universe is spanning from different games. It doesn't make sense. Speaking of people I'm happy, though, Atomic Heart. Uh, Ukraine is pulling Atomic Heart from shelves. Uh, Mid-ministry cautions. Apparently, it has funding from Russian enterprises, which uh, I've done some research this week because this thing has been going on far too long. Uh, that is nonsense, okay? Uh, Atomic Heart Studio Munfish does not have Russian enterprise funding. Uh, the funding they get is from Focus Home Interactive, or Focus Entertainment, as they're now called, who are the publisher for that game. The company is not based in Russia. They have an office in Russia. The company is based in Cyprus. So, again, nonsense. Uh, the cautions, apparently, they're pulling it off shelves. Um, I think they should pull it off for Xbox because they've only optimised the game for PlayStation, not for Xbox consoles. Uh, the Ukraine's Ministry of Digital Transformation uh, is looking for Atomic Heart to be banned in Ukraine. Uh, the department called on countries to throttle distribution due to its toxicity concerns around user data collection and the possibility that money spent on the game will ultimately fund Russia's war. So that is also stupid because, number one, uh, the biggest selling game of the year is Call of Duty. How much money goes in, off Call of Duty to fund wars? Exactly. Well, <laughs> no. uh, Minecraft makes about 500 million a year. Uh, that's off the entire year. If the studio was Minecraft will say, for example, funding Russia, they would have to give them the full amount of money. Russia's spending around $1.2 billion so far on this Ukraine war. So they would have to wait. They spend their entire budget for the next two years just to keep Russia going for what they've already spent. Atomic Heart isn't making $1.2 billion. They'll be lucky if they see $300 million. Do you really think that drop in the bucket is going to help Russia at this point? Even if they were funding it, <laughs> they're not. Even if they were, that money they make from Atomic Heart, which is not going to be anywhere close to what a Call of Duty or a Minecraft or anybody makes, at least for the last top 20 games that have sold, they're not even going to get anywhere close to that they are still not going to be a drop in the bucket. It's still not going to be enough money to even help Ukraine or Russia. Like, how much money do you realistically think this game is going to make? It's free on Game Pass for starters. They've already had their money from Game Pass. They then said it on more people are playing it on Game Pass right now than on PlayStation. So that game isn't going to make a crap ton of money, and it's certainly not helping Russia with the war. That's, that's a dumb comparison. Uh, the ministry said they will send a letter calling on Sony, Microsoft, and Valve to ban the game. The Microsoft has already paid them for it. So why would they then say, you know what, we've given them all this money, but let's take it off our stores so you can't play it. That doesn't make sense. It's a yeah, way they're are, throwing man. money in the bin. Yeah, people are just jumping out the window with all these, you know, about this fake, fake concern about what's going on with Atomic Heart. Yeah, Atomic like, Heart isn't like, funded by Russia. That's the thing. They're saying like, that it's Russian oligarchs own the company. Yeah. That's what makes it sound so crazy, and like what makes it even worse for me is that none of these people were like they were out here crying about any Call of Duty game to when you out here killing killing Chinese people or Japanese no. people, 
with like what, what was that game where you're in the airport and you go in and basically yeah, tell everyone the modern warfare you're talking about when like yeah when, like, you did the whole airport mission and you like you yeah. shot all those people yeah. yeah, and children as well, and you were just murdering literally everybody. Nobody ever, I mean, people, yeah, called that out, but they weren't saying, oh, by the way, <laughs> the US government's using that to fund the war in Iraq. Nobody said right. that. But because it's a Russian company, it's, it's, they've got an office in Russia. They're not even a Russian company, they're Cypriot. So they're not even based in the same continent. You, apparently, this is now funding Russian oligarchs. Nobody in in the top four because it's four developers that started Munfish. They're four separate students who met in college doing IT and programming courses who started their own studio together. There is no Russian oligarchs involved in the management of Munfish. This whole thing is stupid as hell. Yes, they've opened an, an office in Russia. The reason for it was because they were trying to work with it to scope their game around Russia. The whole thing is based on loosely on the Soviet Union. That's why they opened the, the the office in Russia is because they needed to get permits for it. They needed to take photographs. It just made more sense financially for them because they're building a game around that to open an office there. Vladimir Putin does not own any stake in the studio. <laughs> it's literally the dumbest the dumbest arguments this week. PlayStation fans are or even Xbox and that matter are calling for this game to be banned because they think it's it's somehow funding the war in Ukraine. Russia's spending billions of dollars on this war. The amount of money that this game is gonna make wouldn't even cover a tank. So I'm sorry, but stupidity, this is this is a stupid argument. Ukraine government officials have said according to media reports According to media reports, the whole th- <laughs> <laughs> they're call- <laughs> okay. They're calling for this game to be banned in Ukraine because the media said it's being funded by Russia. Not that I have any evidence for it. The media said they they basically read believed what they read in the newspaper. Oh, it's yeah. it's speculate. They believe speculation. Is the reason? Did you see? Did you see that one developer? So there's a there's a guy. I don't know if he's a developer or what, but there's a guy on Twitter. He's I forgot his name, but he's like so, he's, okay, he's, he's in the something. game. Yeah, that yeah, dude has been blocking us. everybody. He blocked Yo, <laughs> when I seen him blocking people for, for like playing that game, I went and found his account and blocked him before he had a chance to even get. To <laughs> I blocked him quickly. I was like, yeah, got him. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's he's also now he's he's protected his tweets. He's locked his account, so you can't see what he's posting. Nobody even knows who you are, mate. I don't think anyone cares, to be honest, if you're blocking people. Right. The whole industry, it's like every outlet has played Atomic Heart and is advertising it and producing guides for it. Yeah. So they're it's basically blocking everyone. It's a good game. I mean, I started it, you know, before Octopath 2 came out, but I was playing it, you know, on Game Pass, and it's pretty good. Like, the, it is. Like, it's, not, like, it's not it's well done. It's not vibes. Yeah, I said that when I saw the trailer. I thought this looks like Bioshock. It's not very well optimized for Xbox. It's boots better on PlayStation. Yeah, I, which is not surprising. I know that they've said they have had issues trying to get it to optimize on Xbox, but the the whole this this U, Ukraine government has basically taken what they've people have speculated on IGN, took that as fact, and now called for the game to be banned. There is no <laughs> Russian enterprise or influence. It's, it's just stupid. Stupid idiots. Uh, Mick Gordon, 
because of the uh, the, the calls for this game to be banned, decided he was going to donate his entire fee uh, to the aid of Russia's invasion of Ukraine. So he's given it to Ukrainian people, which is an absolute bamf. Uh, he didn't have to do that, but he has. Uh, I do think that he was right to do that in some aspects because the war in Ukraine is despicable and disgusting and it needs to stop. And any money you people can give to help Ukrainians with this time is 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 greatly appreciated and will go a long way. But there is no influence at Munfish from Russian oligarchs. Vladimir Putin is not running Munfish games. So uh, this this whole thing is just ridiculously stupid. Uh, but Atomic Heart wasn't the only uh, the call this week. Um, speaking of uh, of war, speaking of Call of Duty. Uh, the game will reportedly, the next one will be a continuation of Modern Warfare 2. I know Callum will be happy. Uh, the maps and modes of the games will carry over to the new title, so it's basically copy and paste. It's <laughs> slightly different story. <laughs> uh, Jason Schreier from Bloomberg cited people familiar with the project as claiming the Call of Duty, the next one, will feel like a standalone full price release, but also an extension to Modern Warfare 2. Uh, the maps and modes from the sequel are also being carried over. Uh, though he had pointed out that Warren's plans may change between now and the game's release in November. Uh, it had previously been reported that 2023 was scheduled to be the first year in almost two decades without a mainline Call of Duty game, but that Activision would instead opt for an expansion, big, but with a single-player campaign and several multiplayer maps. So they're basically just copy and pasting the last game with a new story. <laughs> That's essentially all it is. It just feels lazy. I think the reason they're doing that is because they don't want to spend money just in case Microsoft does buy them. And then they might want to start all over again. So it'll take a break and just do something easy this year. Uh, hope to try and get this deal through. Uh, that being said, I'm going to jump into deals of the week. Roll the thing. Da, 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 da. It deals of the week. If you don't find what you want... Then sorry, we can't know. help you out. <laughs> yeah, sorry, we can't Stop help you wish. out. <laughs> First up, Xbox Series X Horizon 5 bundle comes with a controller, Forza Horizon 5 Premium Hot Wheels, and more. Uh, you can get it from BT Shop for 489 from today with free shipping. Mario Rabbit Sparks of Open Nintendo Switch right now was the family game of the year during the Dice Awards. You can get a shop two right now, £26.85. Uh, Back for Blood Ultimate Edition on Steam at CD Keys right now is just £20. Uh, you can also find Nintendo Switch Fire Emblem Engage at Amazon for £39.95 with free shipping. Tactics Ogre Reborn on PS5 right now at the game collection. You need to use the code JOY15, that is JOY15, JOY15, on eBay at the game collection right now, £24.61 using the code. Uh, Theat Rhyme Final Bar Line Nintendo Switch. Use the code also JOY15 at the game collection on eBay with free shipping, £39.91. Uh, you will need to use the code to get that deal. Hardwest Collector's Edition on PC right now on GOG is just £1.89. Uh, if you're looking for a new driving steering wheel, you can get a Thrustmaster T248 racing wheel compatible with Xbox One, Series X and S and PC, PS4 and PS5 for £199.99. That is just under £200 at Argos. DNF Jewel right now at Amazon, £19.95. Uh, Octopath Traveler 2 the game that has just released on eBay at the game collection right now for PS5 is £36.51 uh, with free shipping. Sayonara Wild Hearts on PC is a dreamy arcade game at CD Keys right now for £3.59. Uh, Kirby's Return to Dreamland Deluxe. We do have a review drop in in the next week. At Monster Shop right now, it is £38.49 with free shipping. 
uh, Metro Saga bundle on Xbox. It will require an Argentinian VPN, but you can get it at Gamevo with extra points using the code AKS slash cheaper eight. That is AKS with a little dash cheaper eight all in one. Seventy seven percent off down to two pound twenty seven. Uh, we're also right now at BitTrip Collection, which includes six games on the Nintendo eShop. That deal is expiring on the 26th of March. You can get them all for £3.59 or 89 pence each. Uh, Contra Road Corps on Nintendo Switch all show on the eShop. Uh, that deal is expiring tomorrow. £1.99 on the Nintendo eShop. Witcher 3 Wild Hunt, the complete edition, and GOG is just £6.99. That is the Game of the Year edition. Last but not least, though, Yakuza Like a Dragon Ishi Steelbook edition. Right now, the game collection is £12.95. That deal is expiring next week. You can find it on the game collection for £12.95. That is 4% off. And that is all for your deals of the week. You're listening. You're listening. You're listening. The Talking Games. The Talking Games podcast. On gamesinquirer.com. Gamesinquirer.com. Welcome back. Uh, speaking of Sony State of Play, uh, Bam. Yeah. Uh, Justice League, obviously the biggest announcement. We've seen Street Fighter Six. They did release three new characters. Zangief is the only one I really care about because I love. I've always been a Zangief player. I know some people went for Hondu, uh, but I've always loved Zangief. Uh, Lily and Cammy were the other two that were announced. Uh, they got a brief showcase. Baldur's Gate, obviously, we spoke about that already. Why it's not coming to Xbox Day One? It will release on uh, on PlayStation though. Uh, and the new Resident Evil 4 trailer has confirmed the return of Mercenaries mode. Do you care about that at all? I don't uh, even remember what Mercenaries mode is. I don't. I played, I played Mercenary mode back on the GameCube. Um, and I, I was never a big fan of Mercenary mode, but like the main thing that I took away from that RE4 trailer was that um, they showed Krauser. And I was really concerned about how his boss fight was going to go because in the original game, it was just a QT, it was just QTEs. That was the whole boss fight with, um, with Krauser. Like, I was concerned because Krauser's boss fight was just QTEs in the original game. So they got rid of all the QTEs. That's what they said. So mm-hmm. so seeing Krauser back and like it looks like they got some kind of some kind of gameplay mechanics and when you can use Leon's knife to counterattack Krauser. So I mean, we'll that, looked pretty, that, that looked pretty... I, I know that I know these big companies. They always say they'll then it's not in, and then you always find it actually is. Always, oh, yeah. Yeah, it's only right. in a small part. It's only in for a small part. It's not the whole game. Don't worry. Right. It's always the excuse. Uh, the five PSVR two games though are announced. I'm not excited for any of them, and the reason we're not getting we haven't got a review up of the PSVR two is because it costs six hundred quid, and apparently <laughs> it's a pile of crap as well. Oh yeah, that's what they say. Trolls disconnect repeatedly. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> in mid play as well and the fact that it costs you have to buy a ps5 which is 500 then spend like five six hundred pound on yeah. another one on a, on the vr2 headset and the thing doesn't even work properly it's like a thousand pounds that's the worst part about it right is that this isn't a standalone like i've seen people trying to trying to make comparisons online about this vr headset and yeah it's good for the cost but when you factor in what you need to use it which is a PS5. So if you're not primary PlayStation and if you just wanted to get in on VR, this VR headset is probably will give you the most bang for your buck. But again, just like what you said, you got to get a PS5, which is $500. Then on top of that, you got to go out and buy these games. So it's like before you get knee deep in the VR with your new VR headset that, that you know, that costs 600 quid or $550 USD, you're going to yeah. have to buy a couple games. And these games go from $10 to 40 bucks again. But if you want to play the marquee VR game, Horizon Call of the Mountain, 
that game cost 60 bucks. So, I mean, you're going to be walking away with, you know, missing one arm and one leg by the time you're ready to sit down and play VR. <laughs> yeah. You'll have no money left. <laughs> that's the main thing, man. And that's like, like I was sitting in my bed thinking because my birthday is next Wednesday. And I was oh, thinking, I, I was like, man, thanks, man. But I was, I was, I was thinking, I was like, man, I'm like, should I buy this for myself? And it's like, there's only two games that even look remotely good to me. And that's the Star Wars game. And Call of the Mountain, and I'm like, yeah. these two games aren't worth five hundred and fifty dollars for a peripheral. I like, mean, uh, they have I got can't. about thirty games currently launched. They got the Jurassic World one, and there's there's a couple of other indie titles for VR. The reason really they coming, big, big releases. What's that? Sorry, when they coming though? Yep. I mean, there's That's a lot right. of them are out now. There are we have been covering quite a few, but there are a lot already out now. They have got a few more games to drop in over the next month for PSVR as, as technically launch titles. They're not really, but but the market titles though, like like the games because I've talked like I know mad people who got it right, and they all told me that the smaller games that are out, so like the NFL Pro or whatever, like the NFL dem- uh, game. Um, there's I'll a never, motorcycle. I'll never like, ever and, play that, regardless what it's on. So you give it away exactly, for nothing. So so there's a couple games that's like which is my main concern, which is why I didn't invest in PSVR 1, because I don't like those VR experiences. I want VR games. And I don't want to play, I don't want to pay 40, 20, 30 bucks for a VR experience, and it's only like two hours long. That's not, that's not going to make me go out and buy anything. But that's why I said, when are these games coming? When you was naming off some of those other games, because again, the only marquee title that's, that's on VR headset right now, which, which is what I've heard from multiple people, people who actually own the headset, is Call of the Mountain. Yeah. That's the only title. That, that that game is getting five out of fives. It looks terrific, to be honest. It's it's Horizon basically in VR. If you if but the, the thing is with this PSVR two is that you haven't got the big games exclusively on that. There's a lot of indie titles and there's a lot of filler, and then you've got Horizon Call of the Mountain. So really you have yeah. no reason to spend six hundred quid on this headset yet. I'd say wait till Christmas, personally. But at the same time, if you really want to play VR, go get an Oculus Quest 2. It's half the price. There is far more games on it. A lot of the games that are releasing on PSVR 2 are also an Oculus Quest 2. So there's not there's the majority of their exclusives are indie titles and stuff they they've had to buy quickly to try and they nobody's ever played them. So I I have absolutely no idea about half these games. And lots most of the games they've also released at launch are already on the Oculus Quest 2. So you have no really reason right now to go out and buy a PSVR 2. And until they, until they start releasing big marquee, first-party, huge games, like the Resident Evil 4 remake on VR will be a reason to go and get it. But I'd say wait until Christmas when they've got more games coming out. There is about 30 titles on the PSVR 2. These next five uh, are do look like indie titles. Uh, you've also got Foglands, which is a first-person haunted shooter. Uh, you basically fight skeletons and scorpions. It looks very childish, to be honest. It's not really a horror game uh, before you go out and think it is. Snaps was one that I've been looking forward to. It's a, uh, another FPS, but you have telekinesis. So it looks a lot also like a... Uh, what's that game called? You have like false powers. But it looks a little bit like Star Wars, essentially. What game are you talking about? Snaps. Or Synapse, oh, whatever you want to call it. So you basically it's a sci-fi stealth game. Uh, based on the Foundation book series from uh, Isaac Esmoth, if you're a fan of those books. It's it's basically based on that. You are a uh, sort of soldier of light, but you've got uh, guns, so you've got two pistols, and you can use telekinesis. Right. 
essentially what that is. Uh, you've also got the Tetris Effect developers have revealed their new project called Humanity, uh, which shows like a spirit-like dog leading hundreds of hundreds of humans in lemmings, basically like lemmings, but you're a dog leading people around, <laughs> which is just cool. Uh, Tichia was another one. Uh, we've been covering Tichia for a long time. That is another uh, indie title. That's from Kepler Interactive and our Seb. That will be also dropping PS Plus Extra Premium Tiers March 21st. Uh, you've had Goodbye Gold Ca- Volcano, which was announced for PS4 and PS5. It's another indie title. Uh, Naruto to the Baruto, which is the old Ninja Storm collection uh, from uh, Bandai. That was announced. You have Digital Extremes, uh, new Wayfinder, Airship Syndicate's Wayfinder. I'm not quite sure if that's a VR, but we do know it's, a, it's an RPG game. But as far as VR goes, it wasn't very good, to be honest. They should have done a lot more. And then, of course, you had the, the Destiny 2 Lightfall stuff. But that is just basically a rehash launch trailer of everything that's already been announced. We know most of that already. There wasn't really any reason to to release that. There wasn't any, anything there to get excited about. Speaking of Sony, though, we have had uh, some lawsuits drop this week. Uh, Bungie is suing Lavi Cheats. $6.2 million for cheating software for Destiny 2. Uh, it was reported by Torrent Freak. Uh, the motion was filed last week. The website's operator failed to make a court appearance, so he didn't turn up. So, you know, <laughs> it's just, I can't. If you get sued, go to court. Do not, not turn up because they'll just automatically file against you. <laughs> and now you've got to pay $6.7 million <laughs> for not turning up. You stupid idiot. Uh, yeah, that's <laughs> the judgment totals the damages of $2,000. For the 2,790 times he sold cheat software. Dumbass. Uh, the lawsuit uh, filed against the cheat provider announced it will stop selling Destiny 2 cheats. However, it proceeded to notify users to purchase cheats elsewhere. <laughs> yeah, we won't sell the cheats on this website. We've just been fined $6 million. But go to this new website and buy it from there instead. You stupid idiot. It's the same thing. You're not allowed to sell them. Uh, the legal battle dates back two years. It filed a complaint against the platform for copyright infringement. Uh, the studio has been active in cracking down on cheat sellers. Uh, an ongoing case against AIM junkies with awarded $4.3 million for winning part of the legal battle with the website. Bungie's basically just making up their development costs and lawsuits at this point. Uh, there was other illegal copyright issues as well. Lego is uh, issuing copyright strikes and videos featuring the leaked Lego set. I don't understand why they do this. Uh, several sets, including some now confirmed by Lego Pin earlier this month. Uh, images of the set, which is claimed to have originated from an internal survey, appeared online earlier in the month with several other sets that Lego is currently in the early stages of production on. Uh, this includes a Lord of the Rings Rivendell set, which will be confirmed to be real only days later, uh, which led to the legitimacy of the, of the images. Uh, VGC uh, tried to contact Lego for update, but they did not respond. Uh, Lego is set to release retail listings next week uh, as far as this Lego sets. Uh, speaking of lawsuits and copyright strikes, we got copyright strike a few weeks ago, Ben. Do you remember? Yeah, maybe tell me Against about it. Against our uh, Assassin's Creed uh, leak that we covered. <laughs> uh, we, got, we got sued from Proxima Beta. Yeah. And we won. <laughs> oh, yeah? Uh, they, we won that case because we, uh, we are press... So they can't take our images down. Basically, they tried to have a DMCA strike and a lawsuit against us on Twitter, through Twitter uh, for copyright infringement. 
Unfortunately, what they didn't realise is, is that we'd had not included any copyright material in the article. We just linked to it. Uh, so we won that case. So we're not going to have to go to court. We're not getting sued. It's a good thing. Good news. Anyway, uh, <laughs> shout out to Proxima Bait. I bet luck next time, guys. Uh, <laughs> Dice Awards. <laughs> I'm afraid Shane and I. I'm such an arse. I'm such a bitch. Uh, Dice Awards this year. Uh, the 2023 winners have been announced. Elden Ring God Award, obviously, completely cleaned up. Uh, outstanding Achievements Awards, both for animation, art direction, character design, original music, audio design, and story. Uh, Elden Ring, obviously, again, one game of the year, including four other categories. Uh, the full list of winners are down below. They are on IGN. I was going to include them, but it's just it's pretty much pointless. There are pretty much Gold of, Gold of War and Elden Ring all the way through. Uh, action Game of the Year, though, went to Vampire Survivors, which is an indie title. was good. Family Game of the Year went to Marion Rabbit Sparks of Hope, which I did not see coming, considering Disney Dreamlight was on that list, as well as Lots of Play, or Lost in Play, which we do have a review of. That game is tremendous. Uh, fighting game of the year, considering this game is dying, I'm surprised they won anything, uh, was Multiverses. Uh, racing game of the year went to Gran Turismo 7, which wasn't surprising. It was only three nominations. Uh, RPG game of the year was obviously Elden Ring. Uh, sports game of the year, Oli Oli World. Definitely, def- I didn't really th- Is Oli Oli World a sports game? Uh, I don't even know what that game is. It's like, an, if, I always had the, the image of Oli. It's basically skateboarding essentially but i wouldn't say it's really a sports game personally this was my opinion uh strategy simulation game of the year went to dwarf fortress another indie title nice to see uh immersive vr or the immersive immersive reality game of the year went to red matter 2 uh standing achievement for an independent game went to tunic definitely deserved that game came second in our indie game of the year last year it's a great game it is definitely a great game mobile game of the year marvel snap that was to be expected that won awards everywhere, including with us. Online game of the year, Final Fantasy Endwalker. Uh, six or there, 15 or 16? No, 14, sorry. Final Fantasy 14 Endwalker won online game of the year. Uh, Elden Ring then won several more awards. So <laughs> it's just pretty much Elden Ring and God of War, the entirety of DICE. I don't understand why it's even pointless. They're going to win everything anyway. Uh, but revenue is not doing so well, despite the fact that all these games are winning so many awards. The sales are down, particularly in the UK, where we've got pre-pandemic or post-pandemic is still hitting, and uh, Brexit, um, not surprisingly. Uh, UK revenue has declined in 2022. Originally, uh, the UK market was supposed to garner around $180 million this year uh, for the first per month, so it would have been roughly about, I'd say probably about $100 billion overall in retail sales. That will no longer be happening uh, because the sales decline have been steady. Uh, new data suggests UK spending fell for the first time in a decade. So despite the fact that the an- analysts were saying that UK was going to be one of the bigger gaming markets this year, uh, that is now not the case. Uh, there's, according to new data published by Ampere Analysis, uh, shows that spending all games, content and services fell to $5.38 billion, uh, versus 2021's $5.7 billion. It's down to 1.6%. Uh, this represent a year-on-year decline. UK numbers remain 23% higher than they were before the pandemic, uh, with video games enjoyed a surge in interest. However, with the cost of living crisis and electricity is set to jump again in April, it's likely that those reasons for those declines in sales are because people anticipate paying £500 a year more for electricity. And peer notes, other factors have also negatively impacted the sales, including the growing cost of living crisis, 
which is also accounting now for food shortages. It also says how the biggest impact in-game spending, especially across casual players, uh, one of which was the uh, UK's decline due to Brexit. Uh, mobile gaming experience had the biggest decline in the UK last year, dropping by 3%. Younger and older players experienced decreased social times. Uh, the market was impacted by changes to privacy rules, particularly on iOS, uh, which disrupted the ability for publishers to target specific groups of players. Uh, the console market declined by 1% uh, from 2.92 billion down to 2.89 billion in 2021 and data shows that spending on both games and in-game content and dlc declined it was contributing to the aging switch platform which is apparently seeing imminent first party releases uh, although there has been an ongoing lack of availability for both next-gen consoles uh, the drop in console spending was offset by increased spending on subscription services which the car console market declined by three over three percent sales subscriptions or game subscription volumes down year on year Around shedding around 300,000 paying subscriptions by the end of 2022. Overall spending was up. High tiers on Game Pass, PlayStation Plus and Switch delivered higher spending per subscriber, but also lost similar amounts in the amount of people actually paying for those subscriptions. Uh, the PC gaming market across all digital channels saw a decline of 1.2% in 2022. That is a decline of £10 million, which is exceedingly high for the UK right now. Uh, and that is all the news until we come back. Uh, when we come back, we will be speaking on the uh, Cocaine Bear movie, Bam. <laughs> yeah, I, I love the trailers it. for them. Uh, mate, there's reviews. This movie is ridiculous. I've watched the first half hour. I haven't managed to finish the film. But I tell you what, it's one of the most goriest, hilarious films. I've it's is basically it a mild man or bear. So imagine Winnie the Pooh. Is, is that movie on HBO or something? Oh, I'm watching it a stream right now. Okay. It's at cinemas. It's a movie on out cinemas. Mm. But I know it came out in the theaters, but I didn't know like if it went through any streaming services. I haven't. I've been. I found it online. I will give you the link after we've uh, finished here. Cool. cool. I watch it. But this movie is insane. <laughs> it's Winnie the Pooh on crack, basically. <laughs> yeah. Essentially, what this movie is about. Yeah. Uh, we'll be back in just a few minutes. Don't go anyway. Even in the rain You love me with your 
Welcome back. This is episode 95. I'm still here with Bam. Uh, how has your week been? What games have you been playing? Oh, man. Been good. Been playing Atomic Heart. Tried that out when it came to Game Pass Day 1. Um, now I've just been stuck on Octopath Traveler 2, man. That game is going to consume everything. <laughs> I, I'm going to be trying to get that very shortly. Uh, I'm going to try and get it on Switch. Sadly, it's not going to be on Xbox, which sucks, but... Switch is my secondary console. I do have a PS4, but I'm uh, thinking of upgrading eventually. Uh, I have seen a lot of people come out about saying Octopath Traveler 2 is extremely difficult. It's not an easy game to play, and they don't like it for that reason, which doesn't make sense to me. I think I'm at the bluff. I think I'm at the card a bluff on that, right? So I played Octopath 1. Octopath 1 absolutely beat my head in. Like that game is super hard. Like you, it makes you take time out to grind, like to like level grind because even even when you start the game out, the tutorial balls, the tutorial balls is, is that was when I would start scratching my head. I'm like, why is this game so hard? Like, you have to grind in the tutorial to play the game. Octopath two, um, the demo came out a week ago, and your save data does transfer over, so you can play through chapter one, chapter two, and it's not hard at all. Like, I, there's been no instance of me having to to grind at all. There's been no reason to grind. Bosses are easy. Also, and also a big difference from Octopath 1 to Octopath 2, at the end of each Chapter 1 and, and Chapter 2 and Chapter 3 and Chapter 4 of each of these characters, and there are eight characters. So each character has four, four chapters. But at the end of each chapter in Octopath 1, you had to fight a boss. And I guess yeah. it was like, and I guess it was gatekeeping you or like trying to see if you could get, like if you're ready to go to the next chapter. Bosses were extremely hard. Extremely demanding. It was extremely, it was extremely time demanding. It was like, cause these like Octopath is a love letter to old school NES, SNES, you know, with like the sprites and with the graphics. It's a love letter to old school JRPGs. So it's very difficult. Octopath One was, 
So there was mad complaints. So anyways, Octopath 2, you like I've, I've completed mad chapters, and a lot of these chapters don't even have bosses at the end of it. It's a great game. It's just, as somebody who played and beat Octopath 1 and had to spend an hour and a half fighting that, you know, fighting that, that, that final secret boss at the end of the game, yeah. Right now, I, I haven't ran into any any road bumps. That's good. I'm still I'm still waiting for some games. I was slightly disappointed this week. Bandai, I did ask Bandai for a copy of uh, of Kakarot so I could do the DLC because it's still a game I haven't got, and I've been right. desperate to play that game. And they sent me a PS5 copy, so I had to give it to Cannon. Which really yeah, the game is amazing. <laughs> yeah, amazing. I I love I I just I've been watching the gameplays and the walkthroughs, and I just want to play it myself, but. Fortunately, I didn't get a copy this week. I've been diving back into Peaky Blinders VR. Uh, we have early access. I know I've done a preview already, but I will be recording some gameplay when I can figure out how to get it onto my PC. Uh, that will eventually be coming. Uh, and I've still been playing Hogwarts Legacy. I'm on my third playthrough now. Oh, yeah. So I'm, I'm, I'm going through every single house to try and get uh, all the secret missions that are locked to each house. I've been playing all of them, so I've got another playthrough to go through yet. Uh, that mm-hmm. will eventually be dropping as well uh, when I fin- get the next two episodes up tomorrow. Um, but apart from that, I haven't really played that much. I know Callum's been playing Like a Dragon because I sent that to him. Uh, he's right. been playing Pronty on Nintendo Switch. Uh, he's got Kakarot and I think he's got something else as well. So he's got quite a few decent games. <laughs> I'm stuck playing Hogwarts Legacy over and over for now anyway. Um, but there have been a lot of games dropping on Game Pass. Uh, I know that uh, Star Redfall is supposed to be dropping next month. I will be playing that as well. I'm looking forward to Redfall. Uh, I'm not a big fan of FPS games any regardless because of my medical conditions. I cannot play games that make me jump. Thankfully, this game is not one of those. Um, but Redfall definitely for me will be one of my biggest games for this year because I actually get to play it. But movie news, though, before we uh, wrap up this podcast, we want to touch on the movies that will be dropping, or how I'll drop this week, that you can go check out. Uh, Neil deGrasse Tyson obviously slagged off Go Cape Bear because he did not like the fact that bears don't do this. Uh, this movie is essentially Sharknado, but with a coked-up bear. <laughs> uh, this, the, even IGN is basically calling it sci-fi Sharknado with a bear. Uh, it is every Sharknado movie... Uh, but with slightly different aspects to it. Like, yes, it's a guilty pleasure. It's it's a te- it's technically a sci-fi movie, but it has a realistic, morally questionable, uh, scary parts where the basically this bear on cocaine just goes absolutely ballistic. It's an incredibly stupid film. Uh, <laughs> it, it basically depicts a bear finds cocaine in the woods. Uh, then very bad things happen when he eats it. Uh, it shouldn't surprise you, this isn't a thinking person's film. It's basically a gory comedy fest where this bear is just off his face. <laughs> just goes around killing everybody. It's it's insane. This movie is just mental. Uh, if you are thinking that this movie is going to be anything remotely uh, big release of the year or anything remotely realistic, uh, there is some very... Uh, some very, some scenes in there where he comes across some hikers and tears them to pieces and rips their legs off. It's gross. Uh, it's extremely gory. Uh, this isn't a grizzly bear. This is an American black bear. Uh, he ingests 75 pounds of cocaine. <laughs> Sounds like he didn't even OD. <laughs> well, he's off his tits, basically. This bear is on one. 
the movie Cocaine Bear, what if the bear had instead lived and gone on a rampage through a dense forest, killing nearly any, everything and anything in its path while hunting down even more cocaine? So the bear is on the lookout for more coke. <laughs> this isn't anything like Snakes on a Plane. Uh, it's more like Sharknado, essentially. Uh, cocaine Bear is surprisingly well made. It is very funny, but it is also extremely violent. So please do not allow your children to see this. Uh, violent a comedy blood-soaked day in the park with a murderous bear, basically on Charlie for most of it. Uh, think of it like Ray Liotta from a from Godfather with his eyes and everything. You know what this bear looks like. He's a right mess. Uh, the last bit of news, though, it is being made into a prequel series similar to the one in the 1980s when they did a, a series, a TV series. Uh, they're also doing the uh, prequel series. Is moving forward. Anthony Muschietti is returning to direct. Uh, this will be based loosely on the uh, on the movies. Uh, it's going to be on HBO Max. Uh, the series was in development with HBO Max, having to commit it to the final first season, or the entire first season. Uh, its formal series order but means that the stream is officially planning on moving forward. Uh, which Andy Machetti, who has already been attached to direct, he did direct both it and Chapter 2, uh, which will return to direct multiple episodes of the series. Uh, he's also developed Welcome to Derry uh, for, the tele- for television alongside Barbara Machetti, who produced the movies. And Wonder Woman co-creator Jason Fuchs uh, was announced last year that Fuchs and Brad Caleb Kane will serve as showrunners in this series run. HBO Max has said it, it is based on Stephen King's novel. Uh, it is not an original adaptation. It is based on the novel directly. Uh, it's currently unclear if any of the cast will return from the movies, uh, but this is going to be very closely based on the books, more so than the movies were. Uh, and that is it. Is there anything you'd like to touch on, Ben, before we wrap up? No, that's really it. I mean, you really... I mean, if this seems like it will be a busy week, but it's been kind of a dry week, even still, you know, most of these releases coming out, but with only just two of us here to talk about it, you know, it's not really much to. Yeah. Really now, much well, to next say. week we have got another co host joining us for the first episode. Uh, if you guys like the episode, please do give it a like. We are on every single podcast platform there is. Uh, if you have any questions or would like to, uh, to ask us anything, uh, if you'd like to obviously help some help with some of the games the band has been playing you can send us an email talking games podcast at outlook.com send us an email there if you want to get a shout out for anything else uh, and that's going to do it thank you very much to band for joining me this week bud it's been a pleasure yeah man you know it's always a good time talking about these games man Trap, chopping it up yes. i'm gonna get back into some octopath traveler too as soon as we get off of here <laughs> i will be jumping back to Hogwarts legacy for that man i want to try and get to the slithering uh hufflepuff mission yeah, well, apparently this this is the first time as well. Like, the, it's not only the uh, the fact that they've built Hogwarts completely from, from description, but they've also built Azkaban completely from description as well. So this is the first time that I'm actually going to get to see the inside of Azkaban, which is what I'm really looking forward to. Apparently this is also the best uh, house mission that you get out of all the others. Gryffindor. That's crazy, right? You would never think that, uh, you know, the House of the Glue Eaters would, you know, would get the best mission. That's crazy. Yeah, I would have thought it'd been Slytherin who would have got the Azkaban. <laughs> Slytherin, or, Slytherin or Gryffindor? Yeah, you would have thought it was one of those two. I mean, Ravenclaw, really, if you're, if you're thinking about it, Hufflepuff is more about food, right? Because the Slytherin mission is essentially an underground cabin. I would have thought if they were going to do anything like these, these missions that Slytherin House personal mission would have been 
them going into the Chamber of Secrets, but you can't do that. So instead, yeah. there's an underground cavern like you have to find, and there's a lot of room from. It's I haven't played the full thing. I've played about halfway through that that particular mission uh, for Slytherin. I will record, go back and, and try and record again for different house missions and try and get them all into a, into one video. But the Hufflepuff one, I don't understand why it's it. They have to go to Azkaban. Why would that be in Hufflepuff? Like I don't even I don't know what the Ravenclaw mission is. I haven't played that yet, but. Hufflepuff for me seems like they like to have the best house mission out of all four houses, which is just some random. <laughs> it's completely yeah. random. Hufflepuff. You would never think of that. That's crazy. Uh, I would have thought it would have been Slytherin personally. That's going to do it. That's been episode 95. We'll be back next week on Friday. This week. Next week. Friday. Uh, this week we're running on Saturday again because of the fact of uh, availability. Uh, but yeah. we will see and you I next was in traffic. Week. I apologize for that. <laughs> yes. uh, we'll be back next week. Don't forget to check out the website, gamesinquirer.com. Find us on all socials, forward slash gamesinquirer, at gamesinquirer. We are updating this week uh, with a new search function on the website. I'm trying to program it to be able to search by platform and publisher, so it's not just by post. Hopefully that will work, because it is, I'm uh, doing the programming on my own at the moment. Uh, if you'd like to join the website or to join the podcast, send us an email, gamesinquirer at gmail.com. Uh, if you want to join the podcast, Talking Games Podcast at Outlook.com. Contact us via the socials as well. Uh, if you'd like to join or have anything you'd like to say or you'd like a shout out for this podcast at all, anything, uh, send us a message. Anyway, I've been Major. I will see you next week, same time, same place. Take care, guys. Peace. Bye. <laughs> That's my line. <laughs> It's the Talking Games Podcast.